Welcome to the Pro Insider Podcast. This is Eric G from Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. And today, I wanted to replay an episode that we did over on Around the House because I think this is something that we should all consider in the building community. You know, job site thefts are a huge problem where everything from tools to cabinetry to HVAC systems gets stolen every day off a job site. As well as there's plenty of neighborhoods out there right now in our inner cities that are crime-ridden. Heck, even in my Portland, Oregon, we've got areas that I won't go in after late afternoon because it's so dangerous, let alone not looking forward to going to the day. Now, this security system can actually change that neighborhood because it's a proactive AI-sourced program. So they can see people entering the property, they can call the police, and the police can show up. Now, with police departments that are underfunded or not funded, that's its own issue. But at least the phone call is made and people can get coming. And you're going to get a decent response because it's a live person with an actual situation calling into the police. So here's our interview with Dave Sellinger from Deep Sentinel. And this is something we should all pay attention to. This is the wave of the future, guys. And I think it's going to change everything from job sites to, of course, our own personal homes. But I think neighborhoods as well, because you could put in a development in an area that was up and coming, install this on every one of the homes. And now that neighborhood has its own little security system around it. And it will prove itself to lower crime. Now, let's get into that episode and let's take a listen. And for me, security is obviously like I've got two little girls at home. I've got my wife. I used to travel a bunch before COVID. And security is something I thought I had nailed. I spend the money. I spend 50 bucks a month on my alarm. I spent the money on the cameras. I am an awesome dad father. And this cop just made me feel so incredibly small in that moment. And I realized he's right. I, I have been lulled into this sense of safety that is a false sense of security. And as I have dug in, I have learned that Deep Sentinel, not only do we stop crimes, we're we're designed to take this technology and stop crimes. We're the only company that does that. Everything else is creating this false sense of security. It's around the house. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is around the house. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. We talk about everything about your home every single weekend. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Caroline, how you doing over there? I'm doing well. I got. I'm. I'm psyched for our guest today. Amazing. He's amazing. We got a great guest here in the studio, Dave Sellinger. Man, you first. Let me say this. I jumped on your LinkedIn profile and did the deep dive and went. Mm. All right, man, this guy has done just about everything out there in home tech and everything else from Redfin to all this technology stuff. And now you've got this company, Deep Sentinel. Welcome to Around the House. Welcome. Eric, Caroline, glad to be here. I'm excited to, to chat with you. Uh, as, as you mentioned, right, I mean, I, I, I'm a homeowner. I've been a homeowner for a long time. I love stuff. Um, I got my degree in robotics, and so that allows me to fiddle in electronics a little bit, lets me fiddle in mechanics a little bit, and mostly mess up my house so that my wife has me throw away old projects all, all day long. So that's, um, 
That's who I am in a nutshell. Whew, I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, just to not put not too fine a point on it right now, I, I'm replacing my main meter and I decided I didn't want to redo the stucco. So I took out the sheetrock behind it. And then I realized that the supply chain for electrical components is not so good. <laughs> and so that sheetrock is still open in my living room <laughs> and has been for a week. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's the life of being married to me. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, I've got some drywall stuff that I've got to get scaffolding in the living room to get up to get in the ceiling. And it's, I don't have scaffolding in my living yeah, room. <laughs> it's, I mean, I got to finish. It's up there. There's a layer of tape on it, but I haven't gone in, moved all the furniture, got it all ready to go up there and got scaffolding in there to get the rest of that. So my wife's been very patient. I think if we could retitle tape to be trim, nice. then it's finished. You just put the trim on. There we go. You're done. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man. Well, we're going to do some deep dive into home improvement here, but I wanted to talk about what you have come up with a solution that has been my biggest pain around my house because I've got all these different cameras and stuff. I'm not in a bad security area here. I'm in a pretty nice neighborhood. Um, But I wake up in the morning, I grab my iPhone and I look at it and go, Oh, wow. My um, Xfinity cameras fired off seven times last night. My ring went off four times. Is everything out there still? Because (laughs) I'm not waking up every time a squirrel goes running across my driveway. And you came up with a solution for this. You're not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and and, and all of that, I mean, like, so so, to Deep Sentinels, the company that I started, I started about three and a half years ago. uh, and, And that's exactly the problem that we set out to solve was, technology out there, but is it really making us safer? Is it even really making us feel safer, right? I mean, there's, there's been some studies that the amount of alerts you're getting from your cameras actually makes you feel guilty, makes you feel anxiety. Anxiety. For, Me? Oh, my oh, God. those 20. Totally anxiety. Right? Yes. I feel bad. Like, I, I bought this technology that made me feel good for a week and now makes me feel bad <laughs> for the rest of my life. That's, wow, that's awesome. I want to spend more money on that. And it, and it and, and, and what really brought that point home to me was I had this meeting. And as you mentioned, I'm a technologist. We had a, we had a neighborhood watch meeting because we had a break-in of one of our neighbors that turned into a home invasion. And she has cameras. In fact, she has like top-of-the-line, multi-thousand-dollar POE cameras installed in the walls. She has an alarm system. And she had a home invasion where she you know, was like locked in her house for four hours, the the, the the cameras have exactly what you expect the cameras to have. 20 minutes of video of these guys with masks outside, going inside and then coming out four hours later. So we have the, the homeowners meeting with the police and I have the, the I don't know, the, I, I'm the nominal head of our neighborhood watch. And I asked the cop, hey man, why didn't these things stop this from happening? Which is, which is by the way, that's the question that Deep Sentinel set out to answer. Why didn't these things stop these things from happening? And the cop looks at me and said, you just spent five minutes introducing yourself as the technology guy. What the hell did you expect the cameras and the alarm (laughs) system to do? (laughs) And it was this blank moment. I mean, I I flushed a little bit. I felt a little bit embarrassed. (laughs) I positioned myself as being really smart. And I was like, oh, my God, he's so incredibly right. What what are they going to (laughs) do? And for me, security is obviously like I've got two little girls at home. I've got my wife. I used to travel a bunch before COVID. 
and security is something I thought I had nailed. I spend the money. I spend 50 bucks a month on my alarm. I spent the money on the cameras. I am an awesome dad father. And this cop just made me feel so incredibly small in that moment. And I realized he's right. I, I have been lulled into this sense of safety that is a false sense of security. And as I have dug in, I have learned that Deep Sentinel, not only do we stop crimes, we're, we're designed to take this technology and stop crimes. We're the only company that does that. Everything else is creating this false sense of security. And let me let me just introduce you what Deep Sentinel does. Yeah, right. Definitely. So what, what Deep Sentinel is, is it's we're camera based. We're outside of your home, outside of your business. And instead of sending alerts to you, well, we do that. You can get alerts and stuff like that. We run the camera instantly within less than a second, about 250 milliseconds, your video is going to an AI. And that AI is asking every single frame, boom, is there something suspicious happening? Boom, is there something suspicious happening? Doing that 20 times a second, bam, 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 bam. As soon as it finds something suspicious, instead of just sending you an alert, it sends it to a trained guard. And that guard's job is within 10 seconds to intervene, stop that crime from proceeding, get that person off of your property, and if needed, engage the police. And so we stop 10, 15, 20 crimes a day. Hmm. And our job again is stop them instead of letting them go. And you know, I, I could go into all the stats about alarms and these other technologies, but I think once you really ask yourself, what's it gonna do? Exactly. You find the answer. Right? I mean, that's well, a great example. Time. I mean, and I'm gonna throw some shade on these guys because they're the McDonald's of them out there, but it can take me 10 seconds to open up my ring app once I've hit it to get the camera to open up. And I've got a super high speed internet connection. Yeah. I mean, that was one of my very first observations when I really started digging into this was, well, what are we really going to do? What, when do you have to intervene to stop a crime? You've got to be fast. And so the time it takes for our cameras to get from observing somebody moving to identifying a problem, that's 250 milliseconds, like I said, to actually having a guard view it, that's less than five seconds. You have a live person viewing your feed around your house, around your business, with the intention, trained, awake at two in the morning, let me just mention, by the way, 24-7, <laughs> you are not awake at two in the morning, I hope, or, or if you are, you're not looking at your camera, you're doing something fun. Yeah. And, and then they're intervening in under 10 seconds. Oh. And that, that, my friend, Hearing someone at two in the morning say, hey, this is Deep Sentinel Security. What are you doing there? Hey, oh. this is Deep Sentinel Security. Can I help you? That's what you need to put a stop to these crimes. And that's, I mean, again, I've got two little girls. This is a mission-driven company. My, my fundamental belief is everybody should feel safe, period. I think that affects our politics. That affects our interpersonal relationships. Everybody should feel safe. And this is the first technology that I've seen that can actually deliver on that promise. Man, and speed is so key for that because that's probably my biggest. And I and I do a lot of testing because, you know, I do a lot of speaking for the for the big kitchen and bath show and, and design show every year that's in either Vegas or Florida for the design and construction week. And I test a lot of stuff out, but that's been my biggest complaint is I'll install it in my house. I've got a great fast system. I've got a smart home hub that works well doesn't matter if I'm working direct off the app or what, it can take me 15 or 20 seconds to answer a doorbell or anything else around there. And to me, when time matters, that's way too long. I, I mean, absolutely, right? And then if you look at it as a system, how many hours a day do you sleep? Let me give you a hint. It's greater than zero, yeah. right? 
And all of those times, that's why when you go on next door, you go on Facebook, like, Hey, I caught this guy stealing my stuff last night. You didn't catch, catch him. them. No. <laughs> yeah. You documented it. Congratulations. <laughs> we have a t-shirt at deep set and we'll send it to you that says, congratulations on catching that guy stealing your stuff. <laughs> Uh, Let us know if you want us to stop him next time. <laughs> well, that's it, it, I mean, that's the problem, though, is that all these camera systems, all you're doing is documenting the crime. Yep. And, and when you've got people in masks, you've got people going super quick through your stuff. Let's look at the trend of crime, like what's happening right now. Certainly burglaries occur, but the majority of crimes you're seeing are mail theft, package theft, auto burglary, theft from a driveway, mm-hmm. theft of like. Uh, copper, right? For all your DIYers out there that are buying electrical, holy smokes, is copper expensive. Yeah. Um, catalytic converters. Huge. None of these systems stop that stuff. And and the, the whole key of the game here for us is prevention, 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 prevention. Nice. Nice. Hmm. So what do you need to do if, if you're a homeowner and you're like, okay, this is for me. Do you need to have a special internet connection? What, what do you need to do to really kind of lock in a great service with... Uh, so, so, I mean, we do require a real like high speed internet connection. You've got to have at least five megabits per second upstream. And that's because we don't care about you downloading your Netflix videos. I mean, that's cool, right? Like go get your <laughs> Netflix videos. What we care about is that video getting to a guard in less than 10 seconds. Cause that's what I promise you. So when you set up your system, if you don't have a fast enough connection, it actually won't even let you continue. Cool. But right? it will literally stop you in the install, say call customer care because we promise you that we're going to stop these crimes. We need to make sure that you got that. So you do have to have a real high speed in, internet connection. But from there, what's super cool, you get this box, you get a hub that has the AI chip in it. You get three cameras, four, four batteries. You drill in one screw per camera and you're done. It's like 30 minutes. If you're an experienced DIYer, it's 30 minutes and you're up and running. Mm. And at the end of that 30 minutes, you're not looking at videos on your camera. You're waving your cameras. And you're hearing, hey, this is Jenny at Deep Sentinel. Thanks for setting up. I appreciate you trusting us with your business. I got you. Your cameras are set up right. I checked them all and you that's look awesome. That's cool. I love Dude, that. Dude, that is ridiculous. That is, that's our magic moment. I spent literally 18 months building our first product that we shipped. And, and our, all my employees hated me by the end of it. Because it was like, no, this moment everything is a build up to the moment where they set up their first camera. And instead of looking down at their phone to see if they can see the stream, they look up at the camera and the camera says hello to them. And it's a real person. Dude. Powerful. Very cool. Powerful. That is That's awesome. The and there's not another system out there that does that. Not, not at all. Right. Like that's, that's, that's what we focus on is that value prop. I mean, in fact, I was late uh, joining you today a little bit. I'm sorry about that. And the reason was, was because uh, my gas company was here to, uh, to come visit me. They had knocked on my front door and <laughs> I don't look at, I don't get alerts actually for motion or anything on my cameras. I only get alerts when guards talk. And so I got an alert that there was a guard talking to someone at my front door. And after one minute, the guards will always intervene and say, Hey, can I help you? And he's like, Hey, I'm just the PG&E guy. I'm sorry. But what was great about that was I know I don't have to worry about it. Like I'm not having this stressful moment. My guards are even for people that are supposed to be here, engaging them, making sure that they're taken care of. That's so much better. That is better. amazing. And since we've started talking here, my phone has 
kicked off five different alerts. <laughs> I, don't, I never understood. Like I, I never got into the ring doorbell. I just, I couldn't get, uh, grasp, grasp the concept. I'm like, why, why do you want to know who's at your door? And, and, and with me, if you're a female and someone is at your door, you're not, I'm not going to go answer the door. So what's the point? Like if, I, I just never got the idea of it. And this is so fantastic. Man, Car- Carolyn, I don't, I don't want to be sexist in this comment, so but I am going to talk about gender a little bit because it's important to us. I've got two little girls, and I think about safety so differently having two little girls than I did growing up mm-hmm. as, as a, a as a yeah. as a male. And uh, and and if I've crossed the line there, I apologize, but it's true. Like I, I, it is a different ball game. And our one of our first beta testers was uh, a friend of mine. She's a single woman, and she was the reason our guards every day when they ended their shift. She was the reason they would be proud of their job. They would they would raise their hand and say, I was the person that escorted her from her car to her front door today. That's amazing. And it it's so rewarding. I mean, that's a job that matters versus, I mean, I'll, I'll pick on ADT a little bit here, <laughs> right? If you have door and window sensors and, and you your door and window sensor goes off, the people that work in their call center, let me tell you what their job is like every day. I look at the screen, call, okay, I'm going to call Poughkeepsie police. Hi, Poughkeepsie police. I have an open window at this address. Okay, can you tell me anything about the crime? I have an open window at this address. Uh, is the person in duress? Uh, I have an open window at 123 Main Street. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, cool. Is there a crime being committed? I have an open window at 123 Main Street. And I'll tell you, you know what police do when they get that call? Yawn. Yawn. They'll register it. They, when they have in their, their dispatch systems, typically they have priority one, priority two, and alarm calls. And it goes into the alarm calls category because there's it's 95% false alarms. Cops don't want to respond. Call. I'll, I'll give you a real call from Deep Sentinel. I, I This is Dave at Deep Sentinel. I have a white male, approximately six foot tall. He's not wearing a shirt, covered in tattoos. He's banging on this bastard leave five times. The homeowner is inside. He's armed and he's scared for his safety. Guy in tattoos, he was in handcuffs. This wasn't police response. In handcuffs, two minutes and 15 seconds later. Boom. Mm. There you go. Boom. And every single police department, every one of your buddies and, and, and friends that are cops, they're going to tell you, that's the call that I'm going to respond. I'm going to flip my lights on. And if I am doing something else, I'm pulling someone over and giving him a ticket. It's their lucky day because I'm gone. Yep. No question. I'm- and that that is so, it's it's amazing. You can do that with that. And I mean, I've the technology's there and it's. I'm kind of laughing because you're the only one that's figured this out. In my house that I'm in now, I had ADT installed in here that was probably 1980s. And (laughs) I tell you, 45 minutes with wire cutters and cleaning it all out. (laughs) And, you know, I I got $7 of the wire at the recycling place when I went there. But I'm like, yeah, no thanks. Uh, This isn't going to work for me. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Do you mind if I do that, Dave? Please, yeah. So if you have um, how the system works, how is your, how are you directly connected to either the 911 system or the police system? And then, so say we were in, so we went through this with the flooding, right? We had a natural, natural disaster here. We had, I'm in the Northeast, we had massive flooding and you had all of these emergency alerts going off. And the problem was that we had people who actually died on the roads. I'm just using the roads as an example, but who died on the roads during floods because the, the system was so overloaded with calls that people couldn't get through. And so I'm just adding this as like, you know, I'm just curious to know how your system's designed. And then what do you do if there is an influx of all these calls? Like, can you get through? Does it help to have, I'm sure it does, making the call, et cetera. Yeah, so so I'll I'll answer that in three different ways. 
right? The first one is we stop and do not escalate to police 95, 96, 97, 98, 99% of crimes. Most criminals go into a situation. You'll see the channel, by the way, go to the Deep Sentinel YouTube channel. You'll see this day after day, second after second, hour after hour. Most of the time when we say, this is deep sentinel security, I see you, I need you to leave the property <laughs> They right freak now. out and leave. They're just like, oh. They freak out and they go. <laughs> and, and that's because criminals are of the mindset, maybe I'm going to get caught. Maybe I'm going to get caught. And this isn't a siren usually. It's a person, person addressing you personally to, to prevent the crime. And, and so that's first and foremost, one of the things that, that, and I'll get into why cops love us in a second, but that's because we don't have to call them. Most of the time we're stopping that's things. Great. And by the time we call the cops, this is the second thing, we have a reason. We've told them, this isn't a stranger that I'm not sure of. He's in my backyard and it's a little bit suspicious. I've asked this person to leave five times. They're known to me and they're causing a threat. That is a, a call that when police receive it into their system, they prioritize it according to the information that they're receiving. And then the third thing is just a tactical bit. We tie straight into 911. When our operators are calling, we call straight into 911. We don't call into the non-emergency line. We call straight into the emergency line. Um, we partner with one of the companies that actually runs the 911 infrastructure for almost all the police departments in uh, in the country. It's not like we quote unquote hop the queue per se, but we tie right into the places so that speed, when speed is of the essence, works. Um, the, the last thing I would add is again, let's contrast that with our alarm company. So you, you know, I brought up ADT. We'll keep picking on them because <laughs> they're easy. To, they're the McDonald's, yeah. right? Um, you know, a lot of people, they believe that their alarm company has a special relationship with their police department and they're going to respond quickly. That is the general right. belief. It's a marketing ploy. <laughs> In fact, we did a study and we, we did a poll of homeowners to get a sense of like, do you, when do you think the police are going to respond? Most people thought it was less than five minutes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the actual answer is most people live in a jurisdiction. Most Americans live in a jurisdiction where their police department is so fed up with false alarm calls from their alarm company, they have passed a law. They've gone to the city council, had the city council pass a law that states that the police department does not have to respond to burglar alarm companies. Many jurisdictions are actually involved in a special relationship with alarm companies called a lawsuit where they're suing the companies. If you search for TMA, the Monitoring Association, this is the organization that, that ADT hides behind. Yep. They're suing Sandy Springs, Georgia. They're suing Seattle, uh, Washington. They were engaged in a lawsuit in uh, in Orange County in Los Angeles because the police departments were saying, I'm fed up with this. I'm gonna start fining you for false alarms. And they said, you can't do that. You can't do that. Well, yes, I can, right? What, we're the police. We respond to calls when there's something going on. We don't respond to these non-events that you're sending us to. And especially if you think about police in this last year, they, they're under that's, fire from a lot of different that's directions. That's what I'm saying, right? Oh, man, right? I live they're, in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough being a cop. And, and, and it's not to say there isn't reform necessary, right? Like, I, I'd be the last person to say that. But cops are of threats. If you look at um, the Officer Down Memorial page, I don't know mm -hmm. if you're a member of that. That's where when officers um, pass away in the line of duty, they're registered. COVID, 15 to 45 a month. The average month sees between two and five officers down across the country. COVID blew that up. Um, so on top of all that, you have uh, police officers saying, I don't want to go into situations where my career are gonna be, is going to be put in jeopardy over nothing. Well, what's an alarm call? An alarm call is 95% false alarm. 
you're being asked to pull out your weapon, you're being asked to enter a situation where maybe the best case scenario is I find a criminal, but all the other cases are I've pulled my gun out and I'm greeting the homeowner with my gun drawn. That's a dangerous situation for everyone involved. Deep Sentinel removes all of those risks for the police. We remove all those risks for the homeowner. We remove all those risks for the community. And, and that's, you know, again, I, I said this before we got on here, I've got a chance to start a lot of companies. This one is my favorite and it's the most rewarding. I wake up every single day, jazzed to go to work. I mean, I'm working in my home, so I go upstairs, <laughs> right? But like jazzed beyond all life to go to work because every morning I wake up to 20 emails from my head of security saying, here are the crimes I stopped today. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and you know, there's there's so many things out there that I'm seeing, you know, the the home invasions and all that different stuff out there. I mean, I, I lived in a neighborhood that um, had a home invasion and it was rampant in my neighborhood when I lived in Seattle. Oh, it's scary. And it's scary. And man, if I would have had this service back then, it would have saved me a ton of grief. Yeah, I mean, it, it, what's rewarding there in that sense, you know, my wife and I, we've been through a lot together and I, I've started other tech companies that she thought were cool, but didn't care whether they went out of business. Like it just didn't, it didn't matter. Yeah. And, you know, with every trial and tribulation with Deep Sentinel, she just looks at me and says, this matters to us. I, she hates cameras, by the way. She feels like they're creepy. <laughs> she, she's like very private person. But when you view the trade-off of, okay, these are all outdoor when they're at my house. I'm not, just don't walk around outside naked or turn the cameras off. You've got privacy settings and all this stuff. The trade-off to feeling safe every single day, all day long versus that, it's easy. It's so black and white. Yeah. So for example, if you have like a driveway, do you point the camera like, so in our, we get a lot, obviously we live on a, in a country area and then there are main roads that run through and people like to pull in and steal cars, right? They try to get to your car. So would you point this camera at your vehicle, for example, and if someone was getting into it, would it alert them or, yeah. and, and how loud is it? Is it? I mean, could they hear it from a driveway next to a home or? Yeah, we've got, um, it, it, we build our own cameras for some of our customers. We also partner with existing cameras. Um, our camera itself has a 105 decibel speaker. Ooh. And so it's, it's loud enough that you can hear it. I mean, and, uh, and yeah, so what you do is you'd set it up. I have one in, I have actually two in my driveway, but, but I have one in my driveway and I point it right at where, and then I draw a box in the app around where our cars are. And that way, anytime there's a human being that's like around our cars, especially at night, yeah. the guards are viewing it. They're looking actually car burglary is probably our number one or number it two is. crime that we stop on a regular basis. And it's necessary. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's impressive, man. Mm, it's cool. It's, it's great. I mean, I will say one thing though, too, is you get a view into people's lives. You know, I got this call. We had a guy that was, and he's a professional reviewer, kind of like yourself, not as, not as prolific by, by a good long stretch, <laughs> but you know, he's a professional reviewer and he calls me at nine o'clock in the morning and says, dude, you will not believe what just happened. Your guys just prevented my wife's car from getting stolen. And he has a, a Maserati and she left her keys to her Maserati in her unlocked Maserati. Full stop. I okay. do that. Like, okay. I do that with my jet. Oh, my, my Jaguar. Insane. Not to be. I, I've got a very nice Jaguar, and I I get lazy sometimes, and I will leave my keys because oh it automatically. Caroline. That's why I'm asking you. Wow. And that's the thing. You get a view into this, and you're like, oh my god, people leave themselves so exposed. And he's like, 
dude, you'll not believe it. You guys set off the siren 10 seconds into the, the car theft and you saved it. Wow. And, and you know, I mean, it happens like my, my wife does too. I'm sure I do from time. I'm pretty anal retentive though. So I don't do it very often, but you're, you're, you're blown away at how often these crimes of convenience are very much enabled by our view that I live in a safe neighborhood. So therefore excess. You think you're out on so many acres and like, you know, I've got a pretty large property and I'm like, who's coming out here to steal my car. And then you hear, Oh my God, someone up the street, their car got stolen. I'm like, what do you mean? Like I'm out in my car. I leave everything out there. I'm ready to go. It's yeah. And that's, that's the thing that I like that we provide, right? It's like, you can, you can continue to kind of live in that sphere where you're like, I don't need to live in fear all the time. And so for my house, I have a gate on the side that isn't locked. And, and it's by our bedroom. But what I do is I put two cameras, I put one in front of it, pointed at the gate. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's kind of messing with the gate, trying to get in, it catches them on the way in. And then I put one inside of our property, pointed at the gate. And, and that way I do feel safe, right? I don't have to sit and worry about locks and things like that. I, I just, I live, live my life <laughs> and I know that it's these guys job to intervene in 10 seconds if anything's going on. And then again, like if something does happen and they're un- unable to deescalate it, I get a call. You get a call within See, 15 seconds. See, Dave, you do more than just keep us safe. You let us live. That's even better. Dude. It, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Dave lets us live. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I want to ask you about some of these DIY projects you got going on. We'll take a sidebar on mm. this for a minute. You sounds like you got the gas company out there. You got power Dude. you're doing. You got a project going. I, I have a lot of projects going on right now. I, I, my favorite project space is my RV. So I've got a Fiverr. Um, and nice. I think that the, the reason I like the Fiverr is just everything's pretty simple, right? Your plumbing system's pretty linear. Your electrical system's pretty linear. And you, and you can kind of mess with it without burning your house down too often. And so that's, that's where I do the most. I do a lot of just like the, the hacks and stuff like that, add storage here, uh, do things like that. That's definitely, I will park my Fiverr in our driveway and live in it for a week, not because I have to, just because I can. So that's, that's awesome. my safe and a man cave space. Right now, I've also got our backyard. We just finished putting a pool in. I'm building an outdoor kitchen and a pavilion. Uh, and that's what the gas is here for, is for the pool heater. And I'm, I'm putting some gas heaters in there. Uh, and then what else, what, what else have I done recently? And then I've got a bunch of DIY projects in here. You're in my office right now, uh, where I've got a bunch of star Wars stuff, probably my favorite DIY project okay. in here. I don't know how many people are actually gonna be watching, but I'll show it to you. Yeah, show it. We'll is describe it for the right people there. listening. That is my BB-8. BB-8. I just saw BB-8. So, <laughs> so when the first star Wars, uh, previews came out, I'm not a big fan of the, the, all the new movies, but I, I do like those ones. But as soon as I saw BB-8, I said, oh my gosh, I need to build that. So before they were out on all the websites where you could do it, I just said, I just, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to stop my life for a couple of weeks. I grabbed a bunch of Raspberry Pis and H bridges and stuff like that. <laughs> and I built myself a gravity driven BB-8. That's cool. uh, and that, you know, that's, that's kind of my life. And that's where my family misses me for a couple of weeks at a time. <laughs> Well, Dave, I got a question for you off topic, but what do you think about uh, Boston Dynamics and some of those guys are doing with robotics? So cool. So cool. I, I can watch those videos all day. Uh-huh. It's a little creepy. <laughs> um, the dogs so dancing and yeah, that's. Yeah. I, so I got my degree in AI and robotics uh-huh. and the AI side of it's where you're like, Ooh, wow. Could that, that could really do some damage to the universe. 
but the, dy- the, the, the mechanical dynamics of what they've figured out, how to walk, how to maintain balance in a bipedal motion, it's, it's really, really incredible. I mean, if you go back 10 years, there was a, a robot called the Honda Human. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, I remember that. that. And it was the first bipedal two legs robot. And it walked at just under 0.01 miles per hour. And it was considered this, oh my God, right? like revolution. <laughs> and then you watch Boston Dynamics, like I'll run at like 15, 25 miles an hour, cutting through corners, up and down rocks, running through rubble, slipping and falling and getting back up. And you're just like, that was 10 years <laughs> between there and there. Oh my gosh. And, and, and I mean, we live in a marvel of technology like that. Like we just had the first flight of purely non-astronaut tourists go up into space. And that only made the news cycle for like an hour and a half. I know, right? right? Isn't that crazy? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> and somehow they got to fit William Shatner's ego inside a spaceship and have the power to put that into outer space. That's well, amazing. obviously they left some of it in space because when he came down, he was pretty humble in his speech. I love that. And yeah. And I think the hard part was once they got enough thrust to lift his ego off of the planet, <laughs> I think it just carried so much inertia. It just kept going. And it's way to Mars just you passed Mars mean. last week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that guy. Wow. That was amazing to see him come down and, and be, you know, at a loss for words, yeah. first and foremost, and then to speak so humbly about the experience. It was amazing. So I had fun that day when he did that because I was impressed. And, you know, and I and I, I love throwing shade at Shatner just because it's it's low-hanging fruit on that. I, I Pretty low bar. Yeah, I, I threw up on Facebook a video of him doing his uh, chant of, you know, how he did those spoken word albums of Rocket Man. Yes. <laughs> Familiar. Not proud. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if, we, if we sent him into space to represent humanity, it'd be like bad moment for all of us. There's oh. better. There's better. There's better. You guys, <laughs> the guy's ninety, going to space. I mean, this is incredible, right? Like you said. I mean, but that's what, that's amazing. He's ninety. That God bless him. I mean, really I, ridiculous. I'm lucky. I, I I won't be in a walker when I'm like ninety. Like how many G's was it? It was six yes. G's. That's a lot. It's like break a hip just going oh, up. Man. You know what I mean? Like seriously, he's ninety. Can you imagine back 30 or 40 years ago going, all right, hey, uh, Buzz Aldrin, in 40 years, we're going to put William Shatner in space. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen what that reaction was, right? Yeah, but Buzz would say, I wish I had my flight suit on so I could just pee in my pants right exactly. now. Exactly. That's, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's awesome. It's awesome. That makes me laugh. But uh, yeah, I mean, the robotics, I mean, we're seeing now there's those guys out there that are, you know, with uh, Boston Dynamics that are doing the the, the hanging sheetrock with the robots and stuff now. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the amount of stuff that we can do effectively, it, it's, it's a combination of uh, artificial intelligence, mechanics, electronics. One of the key things that a lot of people aren't aware of that's been going on in the background is something called material science, right? You see this in the DIY world, right? Our materials are getting cheaper. Well, except for the last two years, um, they're getting generally cheaper, they're getting lighter and they're getting stronger, right? You got fiberglass, carbon fiber, are kind of pretty visible versions of that. But in general, that's happening across the board in these things. And when you think about a robot, 
one of the things that a lot of people don't realize because because we take it for granted in our body is that when you go out three joints on your body and you're trying to bend something or express strength is that you've got so much negative uh, uh sorry mechanical advantage you have a mechanical disadvantage because those other two joints are at so much stress to carry a motor that far out and one of the things that's really, really happened underneath the covers here is that we've made these materials so lightweight and so capable, and then we've added AI to it, and then we've added really great electronics to it, stronger motors, that those things have all become possible. And, and it's one of the neatest things about robotics is that it's kind of a renaissance art. It brings all those things together in the best possible way. And, and we're seeing advancements in AI that I could talk about all day long, too, that are enabling this. I mean, the, the AI that we run at Deep Sentinel, which is vision based mostly, what we're running in your house or in your business on this little tiny $300 device is better than the AI that the NSA had 12 years ago. Yeah. Right. Won that for a second, too. Better than what the NSA had a few years ago. It's just nuts. Well, it's interesting with AI because I did a speech probably two or three years ago. Uh, that I was doing for designers out there about designing and presenting to clients in virtual reality, for instance, and doing some of that stuff and using AI to help in design and trying to get us thinking about designing kitchens and really starting to do some of this stuff and presenting it where people could do it in a virtual world and mixing AI into that. It didn't get didn't get received really well because you know I think people weren't ready for that. But I I think mm. when we're getting into building design and all of this other stuff, I think there's a lot of different things with technology that are going to change how we do things moving forward. Well, I think we're we as a population are getting more comfortable with different different types of AI. You've got like Amazon's recommendations that I think people now take for granted. They don't feel they're creepy. Whereas 20 years ago, that was one of the technologies I worked on when I was at Amazon. People thought that was super creepy at the time. That's why and it was a, an invasion. Of I privacy. feel like yeah. there is this negative connotation when people think about AI. So, you know, from your perspective that you know it so well, what do you feel like? What are some legitimate fears that people have? Like, I guess, what do you see could be potentially, um, you know, a downside to AI? And then, of course, what do you think is the most the biggest potential on the upside? Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about the two the two big ones that people talk about. The, the first one is like the, the AI gets so smart, it launches a nuclear right. attack on us, right? And, and I saw that movie. Um, and that's, yeah, I saw that yeah exactly. I've seen a lot of those movies, right? And that one's, that one's definitely something that, that I think is, is front of mind for a lot of people. Um, that said, though, I think it's also pretty controllable, right? Like, don't ever put those things into the same systems, right? Yeah. And, um, and so... That one I don't worry about too much. The other one is just that it becomes sentient and kind of super surpasses us in our capabilities. Um, <clears throat> I would be more concerned about AI uh, taking over menial uh, work mm -hmm. for us, right? You mentioned hanging up sheetrock, and what I what I worry about more is like drivers, right? I mean, driving is a huge part of what keeps the American economy. Yep. economy yep. going. It provides great jobs to a lot of Americans. And I think we got to be prepared for the time when our, our automated driving is going to be better than human beings for a lot of these tasks. And so that's the one that I think about the most is really how do we change our economy? How do we up level and retrain our population so that we can deal with these things that, that I don't think those trends are stoppable. 
right? Because if we don't build autonomous cars, I'll tell you, China will, yeah. right? And then and they're going to have a huge advantage over us. And then our goods are going to be too expensive. And then our services are going to be too expensive. We're just going to start importing more stuff from China. And that's the last thing I want to see us doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've got to have great trade relationships with China right, for yeah. sure. But like, I don't want to see that happening. I want to see us being very forward thinking about how do we think about our labor and our skill sets and our quality of life so that we maintain the things that make America amazing and, and keep those going. So that's, that's my fear side. On the amazing side, man, I, I will, and I've called you man twice. <laughs> sorry, 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 she's used to me. She's I, trained. I, I, <laughs> girlfriend. Um, so, you know, I, there, there are a bunch of things that are really amazing with AI right now. The, the one that I think is the most life-changing, uh, there are two. The first one is vision, and that's what we do at Deep Sentinel and, and the ability to interact with all these videos and images that we see and not just do simple things like saying this is a person or this is a dog, but identifying things like, hey, I think this is a theft. I think this this man is assaulting this woman or this this man is committing a, a crime. And I think those are things that are on on uh, the possibility set in the next two to three years. And, and we're already starting to do experimentations on that. We're doing a, a job of seeing what that can do. The second one is as it relates to healthcare. And there are huge unsolved problems, cancer, uh, the uh, heart issues, um, ingrained genetic problems. And obviously these have uh, negative sides too as well in terms of uh, genetically modifying things. But Google four months ago called AI AlphaFold. And AlphaFold has figured out a way to solve a genetic problem. Eric, you mentioned VR that we've tried to solve in VR for about 25 years and we failed. And AlphaFold is able to figure out how genes turn into proteins. And that means that you can start figuring out which are the wrong genes that are making this protein that's causing cancer, which are the wrong genes that are allowing coronavirus to spread inside of our body. And so it's unlocked this entire field of personalized medicine and solving for problems like genetic genetic Eric, diseases. I'm so psyched right now. Cancer. I'm psyched because <laughs> it is amazing. So as a healthy home expert, right, my job is to go and investigate homes and find out all these toxicity from contaminants to radon to mold to, I mean, yes. it's endless, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like if I could have something in a home that monitors, right? We, we talk about these sensor monitors all the time. And, you know, I've dealt with overseas in China and creating these sensors and these sensors just stink. They're not reliable. They can't think for you. The, the guy cuts the grass and all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, VOCs, my VOCs are up. And I'm like, well, is somebody cutting the grass? Huh. Like we need that piece to work with the sensor, <laughs> right? To tell them, yeah. hey, it's okay. The grass cutter's there. Hey, it's okay. Your wife just sprayed Lysol in the house. Like that's why these levels are slightly right. elevated. So I see so much potential with healthy homes because that's where Eric knows that's my passion. That's my business for 25 years, getting people to really Really understand what a healthy home is and I could see where that information that you provide could be really useful. Oh my gosh, right? I mean, we've been joking around as a population with, you know, late night TV commercials about fixing these healthy problems and, you know, using whatever home remedy to fix that. This is real, right? This is actually unlocking the human chromosomes and figuring out where do these proteins come from? How can I maybe, instead of 
applying a, a broad-based steroid, which is how we solve almost all right, problems right. of our, you know, our autonomic system, which is horrible, by the way. You're also shutting down all of your resistance to <laughs> diseases, by the way, when you do this, really. Immunocompromised, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the tiny, tiny detail. Now we can be much more precise. We can say, here's the problem, and here's the gene that we need to shut down, and here's how we can shut it down. And here's how we can use your own genes to help shut that down. Like the ability to actually unlock very specific points in our body that are that are getting exposed or problems in, in our food. Oh my gosh, like don't get us started there. We already mentioned McDonald's, but like you don't have to click very far there to figure out what's going on with your food there. I mean, though all those things become really amazingly possible with this next generation of well, technology. You think about it in, in your refrigerator, for instance. We're not far away from you walking up and touching the front of your refrigerator door and it knowing what's in the refrigerator and telling you what things you have in the refrigerator, what are your cooking options for what you have <laughs> and turning the stove on behind you and the, in the range hood on and starting the process or starting the oven, knowing what's in the refrigerator. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you look at like healthy living, right. I mean, you have to be the biggest believer in this convenience is really, really important. My dad has diabetes and the reason he eats sugar every day is because he loves dried fruit and it happens to be right there. And, and he'll eat healthy if it's easy, mm -hmm. but he doesn't. And, and so we, we've got to, I, I think, bringing intelligence to making our lives safer, more convenient, healthier. That's where I think we can just have make a huge dent in the universe. And I think on a side note, too, I mean, we're pretty close, it seems, to helping people with spinal cord injuries and things like that where we can – you know, work around some of those damaged areas in our spine where we're going to see people in wheelchairs are going to be pretty rare compared to people out there starting to, to get back into physical therapy and actually get back into walking again. I hope so. I sure hope so. Right. I mean, and when, when you look at the body too, I mean, it's so complex. I, 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 I would hope that eventually, and I don't know where you guys sit on this one, but that we figure out how to integrate the, the different types of, of being healthy not just Western medicine inject drugs exactly. and like drown Amen it out, to that, which by brother. the way is amazing. <laughs> right? like, that, that stuff's amazing. Yeah. Like, let's not get that wrong, but it is not going to solve our ills. No. We need to get in front of these things. We have to live in healthy spaces. We have to live in a space where we take care of our bodies and the, and the more tailored and intelligent that can be for us, man, I, I, I'm a big believer in that. I mean, and, and let me just be clear though. I think Western medicine is amazing. My dad that I just mentioned, he had a heart attack two weeks ago wow. and he, and it was, it was a life threatening heart attack. Like he, he would be dead if that had happened 30 years ago. And, uh, because they were able to identify the heart attack at our driveway, they had the stent and the surgeon waiting for him at the hospital. By the time my mom got the diagnosis, he was in recovery and he's recovered fully because of that zero heart damage. Wow. 40 minutes. From heart attack. To, so like, look, I, I am, I appreciate and I'm a big believer in Western medicine. I just know that it doesn't, it solve doesn't, all these other it problems. doesn't yeah. solve everything. And that's what, you know, as an indoor air quality professional for 20 years, we've been talking about COVID-19. You can imagine what my plate has looked like for the last two years of my life. And we, you know, everybody's turning to big pharma, big pharma, big pharma for the answer. But we know in this industry, this is not the last pandemic. We know there's more to come. We know there's more viruses yep. and we've got to orchestrate and structure the houses so that one, look at the AI intelligence. It tells us the censoring systems are telling us what's there. And then we can provide the ventilation and the filtration mm -hmm. to help deal with it. And we can't, it's not a one-stop approach and nothing ever is, you know, that as an entrepreneur and myself yep. knowing that too, right? So, but people are so 
hesitant to change. They don't want to embrace that wider viewpoint that it's a lot of different things that are going to make it work, not just one. I mean, it, it, what's crazy to me, you mentioned I, that's something that's obviously timely relevant is, I mean, COVID has disrupted our lives so incredibly much over the last two years. And we still, as a society, have not adjusted to fix the problems about why we didn't respond earlier. That's right. right. We haven't fixed the problems in testing. Yep. We have not fixed all the problems in, uh, in early detection from our medical information systems. We have not fixed our PPE supply chain problem. We have not fixed mm-hmm. our folk. I mean, masks are great, but like uh, filtration is a right. way better solution and more scalable longer term, right? I mean, I, I have asthma, so our house is basically a surgery room throughout everywhere already. <laughs> uh, but maybe most people don't have uh, surgical HEPA filters in every room of their house, and they probably shouldn't. Right. But, but I mean, like, those are the types of things that I, I am blown away at how resistant we are to that change. What you just said resonates so deeply with me because a lot of the things that we have to change are systemic. They're not huge, right? But they are systemic. We need to make them. We need to make them proactively. And we have to start being able to prevent these things and detecting them early. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of incredible. Like if you just look at cholera, not to go off on this, but cholera was a perfect example. When we were combining our wastewater with our drinking water, we had disease, right? So what did we do? Turns out. Right? <laughs> so what did we do? But we learned and we said, oh, hey, we've got to structure environmentally these things differently so we don't get disease. But here, now here we're faced with COVID-19. We don't want to look at the environment at all. We're just looking at, okay, let's try to find this cure, this cure, this cure. But the old time, they looked at it, well, why don't we improve ventilation? Why don't we improve, you know, the space that we live in, make sure that we're having filtration? Like, it just blows my mind. We did it back then, and now we don't do it. I mean, there's a bunch of different commentary about that <laughs> one that we could go through. I mean, I, I, would just, I would say this, and I think everyone of every ilk would agree that, that we have a, a society that needs to be brought together, mm-hmm. right? And, and this is, I'll bring it back to Deep Sentinel a little yeah, bit. Please do. One yeah, of my observations <laughs> about political schisms is, and I read this great book about Palestine and Israel, and, and it's this concept of a zero-sum game. When everyone feels threatened, when they don't feel safe, their willingness to explore the possibilities of what the future might hold goes away. They're unwilling to say, if I change, it could be better in the future. And so my fundamental belief of my, you know, my personal contribution to this world and what I, I believe is that if we can help make people feel safe, I want you to feel safe in your political views. I want you to feel safe in your personal views. I want you to feel safe in your home and in your business. And if I can do that, we can open up an opportunity to come together as a country, regardless of our politicians. I, I think the other thing I hope all of us can agree on, whether you're on the left or the right, is that those guys don't do it for us. Uh, and, and, and we got to be able to talk to each other, right? You got to be able to work this out together and then tell them what we want them to do instead of having them tell us what, what they want to do. Yeah. yeah my, my, my argument always has been with, with politicians is there's lots of money to be made by dividing us all. And uh, that's, right. that's how that works. And so I want us to feel safe. I want us to talk to each other. I want us to work things out, you know, and, and that to me, that, that's, that all comes down to safety. That all comes down to health. If we can provide those things, I think we can have a healthy country regardless of our political system. And that's, you know, I think that's something that's so important for all of us. Amen, brother. Yeah. Amen, brother. Well, where Thank do you, you see Deep Sentinel going forward? I know you probably have a lot of stuff that's under wraps and things like that, but uh, do you have a vision of even taking it to the next level, even though that you're way ahead of everybody else right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I have two things that I think are really important. Number one is that I think Deep Sentinel has to stay a private company. 
that security being private, especially when it's this type of surveillance security, I don't want the city of San Francisco or the city of Pleasanton where I live to have this stuff and this level of capability being applied this way. I want this to be about us protecting our homes. And so I, I think there being a better relationship between um, private and, and public so that like I want access to the to the um, uh, facial recognition of all of the criminals in the area. So my my personal customers can be protected. Right. And, and let the government do what the government does well, but keep this private. And I think when we get to the point that we can get that relationship and get a pervasive view and, and be making everybody feel safe in their homes, that's that's number one for me. The next one, though, is where I think we start doing these these network effects where I am protecting 10 people in our neighborhood and that starts building on itself and it starts changing not just the shape of my customers, but their communities. We just had a neat thing happen with a city. It's still it's still kind of a, a little bit confidential, but one of the cities in, in uh, our, our area here saw the impact that that they had 20 businesses in their neighboring city installed Deep Sentinel and it changed the downtown. Like, fundamentally changed all the economics of the downtown. So that city passed a grant program to help their customers get it everywhere. And that sense of like pervasive safety where it's not coming from the government, that to me, again, that's just a game changer in terms of the way that we treat each other, the way that we interact with each other. Uh, I, I love that concept. And, I, and I, again, I think it's really important that it not come from a governmental agency. Uh, and, and that it be a pervasive sense of safety of us protecting ourselves and us protecting each other. That to me is a, that's an ideal outcome for me. Uh, so there's a lot of different technology that we're developing. We've got, uh, like I said, some AI that helps detect specific types of crimes. We've got AI that help kind of identify those things way before their act helps that scale out much faster. Man, no kidding. Because, you know, for instance, right now I, I live outside of Portland, Oregon, and I love this city here, but, um, with the condition of things downtown, I don't take my wife down there for dinner anymore. We stay local just because I don't want my, every time I, I think of going down there, even for an event, I go, Oh man, am I going to have to file a, a police report and get the window in my SUV fixed? Am I going to, you know, or windows? Yeah. Right? I mean, if you park too long, <laughs> you, know, but you know what I mean? I mean, it's just one of those things yeah. that it's like, Oh man. And having that in an area, makes a heck of a lot of sense because all of a sudden you can instantaneously change the reputation of that neighborhood by just stopping that crime. So the police have something to react to and can make a difference. Yep. That's exactly right. Right. I mean, and, and, and you know, I mentioned that one of the things that the police love about us is that we don't call them to respond to a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, like we, we, we have these businesses that have a homeless problem in their area and the, the homeless people are leaving stuff in their doorway and, and, most of the time they just go away right and and it's it's cleaning up the neighborhood without having to use force and having to use this highly con contentious confrontation to resolve it where you know just just to be frank right like if i were a cop i'd be bringing my gun to that but if i'm the other person like i don't i don't want to have somebody with a gun dealing with me just moving off of a property and and so it's a win for everyone that the community is not having to have that type of a confrontation at all and, and I think the more and more that we can do that by doing prevention instead of reaction, man, just things get better and better and better. Man, no kidding. No kidding. Well, Dave, is there anything that we haven't talked about today that you wanted to touch on, man? Cause th this is no, good we got, stuff. We grabbed everything. <laughs> I, I, uh, 
I mean, I could talk about all my DIY projects, but then my wife would probably listen and then she'd find out about them and they'd be done. So we'll <laughs> the last thing we want to do is add on to that honeydew list that is already probably pretty long, like everyone's in the United States right now. Yeah, it's, it, it's not too bad. I mean, I, it, I got it down from 400 pages to 350. Dude, um, nice. Yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> I am jealous. So where's the best place for people that have listened to this going, I got to get this. Where's the best place for them to go? Well, certainly you can go to our website, which is deepsentinel.com. But my favorite place to share about Deep Sentinel is our YouTube page. And that's because it's just legit videos. Every single week we produce a video of some of the best crimes that we stopped that week. And it's just, it, they're all 100% real. Nice. Right. And these That's are the awesome. things that it's like watching cops, Eric. Like, I wish I could do that. It's like I can go on there and just watch cops all day. That's great. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> real. Like, we have people that have watched all of them. Let me just be clear. And, but but that's why. Like, and it's real. It's not none of it's made up. None of it's dram- dramatic. No sensationalism. Or it's real just, dirt. Just stop these crimes. Get these people away from my property. How cool is that? How cool is that? Dave. Thanks for coming on today, Thanks, man. Dave. You are always welcome back on Around the House. This has been a great time with you today. Yes. Thank you, both of you. It's been a, it's been a blessing and, and very, very fun. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. You've been listening to Around, Around the, the House. House. Let's be lovers. Around the House.